0: Hi, and welcome to IncoPod, the podcast from Incognito Software. My name's Margaret De Silva. Thanks for joining me today for the third and final episode of our three-part series on Wi-Fi hotspot challenges. Today, you're going to hear from Chris Bush, our Wi-Fi guru and cable industry expert with more than 15 years' experience. This time, he's talking about data offload. We're going to look at some strategies for cable MSOs who are looking to deploy small cell solutions and ask... Are there any business opportunities for partnerships with mobile carriers? How does a small-cell solution actually work in practice? And does it benefit subscribers? Thank you. Hi, Chris. Welcome back to IncoPod.
1: Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me again here, Margaret. Um, what are we going to talk about today?
0: Today, we're going to talk about cable MSO small-cell strategies and how that might relate to Wi-Fi
1: hotspots. Well, that's that's a great topic. There's there are probably um, two or three key areas that we could uh, we could drill into. Where where would you like to start?
0: Let's start with looking at what is, I guess, the opportunity when we're talking about cable MSOs or not just Wi-Fi hotspots, but data offload.
1: When you're a cable operator, you obviously have the benefits of of a fairly uh, fiber-rich and active deep network infrastructure at at your disposal, and and so what that fundamentally means is is the hybrid fiber coaxial network of the cable operator today, whether that be deployed aerially or in a in a buried vault, semi-buried uh, combination with aerial, this this network that exists today that brings such uh, incredible broadband speeds and, and rich video service delivery, is really it's a fully active two-way and fully powered infrastructure, uh, and so the the opportunity then is to leverage that infrastructure uh, from the cable operators perspective uh, into the opportunities that exist with potential partnerships around data offloading for uh, various various LTE based concerns. And so oftentimes what that means is uh, even just beginning simply with deploying Wi-Fi assets that would be in the cable plant itself in that cable operator power managed uh, right of way and those Wi-Fi assets being done in a in a coordinated fashion, um, there can be hotspots based on sort of typical you know redirected services for branded uh, splash pages branded location-based hotspots and then there can be hotspots from the same platform uh, served from that right-of-way that are working in conjunction with the lte network in terms of network discovery and then seamless handover seamless roaming between the lte data and the wi-fi data that really is now two networks being logically joined together as, as as one service.
0: So it's quite interesting because we're not just talking about traditional mobile carriers here. We're talking about an actual partnership between, say, a mobile carrier and a cable MSO.
1: That's absolutely true. And in fact, when you can think about it, it's almost as though this is the moment when the two personalities that exist in most of our mobile devices, whether they're being tablets or, or mobile phones, those two personalities being the the licensed Wireless interface from the device, typically a 3, 4G LTE side of the of the device with our mobile carrier, are coming together with the the Wi-Fi interface, that Wi-Fi personality on those devices, where 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 the Wi-Fi can be served from. In this example, the the cable MSO from their their managed, fully powered uh, right of way, and so by strategic placement of uh, Wi-Fi hotspot services along the cable MSO's right of way in partnership with the LTE network operator, we can bring those two personalities of our one device together and create that unified experience. So it really is, as you say, it's an opportunity to bring these two businesses together.
0: Then cable MSO Wi-Fi would be evolving in this kind of small cell opportunity. How would that help with the user experience or filling in some of that LTE network for seamless roaming?
1: Well, well, I think that's exactly it. Uh, It really is a strategic opportunity, if you will, for the LTE operator to create infill where where otherwise it'd be challenging for, for them to achieve. Think about suburban development, sort of the urban sprawl, if you will, of of housing and the, the semi-urban mixtures that occur typically in, in that type of development in our communities where there's light commercial, medium commercial, you know, in similar locations as, as light, medium residential subscribers are, that typically means there's going to be a a very rich cable MSO network experience available in that area. Again, there's a lot of of residential uh, development there. But the LTE network operator likely has tower assets, which are fairly capital intensive and fairly restricted in terms of permitting process where they may be uh, constructed. Associated oftentimes on the edge or on the fringes of these uh, sort of suburban development areas, typically more aligned with serving major, major roadways, highways, infrastructure, that nature. And, and so this partnership, if you will, from a, a cable right-of-way perspective for the LTE operator is a brilliant moment where an infill of LTE strategy can occur in order to get in where towers can't and to establish that level of LTE experience Combined with some seamless roaming and the opportunity to hand data off when it's when it's necessary or when it's desired uh, In a seamless way, so I think it really is a win-win from both the LTE operator and the cable MSO operator perspective
0: What would be an example of when this kind of strategy might be beneficial to say a user a subscriber?
1: Well, I think it's probably if we think about from that user experience perspective You know the the desire is is obviously to as more and more of of our daily use of the experience that we consume is uh, from the ip network it's really beneficial uh, to be able to allow the the best available network path at any given moment in time to be automatically chosen for the subscriber again part of that seamless handover and and that roaming relationship, if you will, between LTE and Wi-Fi to exist. Again, as more and more functions that the customer is inherently using when they're pressing on their their screens are all native IP-driven bandwidth in the network, what really counts for the subscriber experience is high bandwidth, low latency, equals a responsive and enjoyable customer experience. We just want uh, an autonomous relationship behind the scenes to make sure that if that happens to occur over LTE, or if that happens to occur over Wi-Fi, then, then so be it. The end result, again, is still a low latency and highly efficient network throughput for all of the IP applications the customer's using.
0: Looking for more Wi-Fi resources? Check out The Wireline Operator in a Wireless World, a white paper from Incognito Chief Technology Officer Pete Code. It outlines the challenges that traditional wireline operators face today in supporting the changing needs of their customers in an increasingly wireless world. Find other white papers and resources at www.incognito.com. So Chris, with all these different moving parts that we've just spoken about, what are some of the real specifics, what are some of the bits and pieces that how this all fits together on the network?
1: Sure, Uh, you know, in in this case, we're really talking about two networks when we think about it. There's the mobile network operator and there's the the, the cable operator. For the cable operator, the, the moving pieces are um, are fairly well understood, at least in that domain. It's it's about reusing typically the DOCSIS-based bandwidth. Um, as this is the data over cable bandwidth that's already uh, on that coax line uh, that uh, is in the cable operator's right of way. You know, the speeds there are simply tremendous. I mean, there are gigabit speeds on uh, on DOCSIS networks today available for most cable operators and so, the opportunity then to attach a typically a strand based or, or some uh, pedestal based external enclosure that offers a, a Wi Fi hotspot service from that enclosure that then also offers a, a managed network path to the LTE operator's small cell or Pico cell device. And so, this would be a two box solution, and you think about it physically, that is is hung on the strand or is mounted in the pedestal. And what you really have are, are two discrete radio units, one for Wi-Fi and, and one for various LTE bands. And the the behind the scenes of these two networks really is, is all around parts of what Incognito is enabling. We can manage the respective Wi-Fi hotspot services uh, across very large service groups, as well as provide a, a managed network path encapsulated over the entire DOCSIS network and delivered into the LTE network operator, uh, again, as a a managed facility. And so it's that ability to at least deploy efficiently and, and in an automated way these devices into the network such that for the field personnel that are involved in the actual, you know, the mechanical attachment of them, it really is just that. It's the mechanical attachment. And we have the software back office systems automating the the entire existence of what services are going to be delivered into those platforms. Now, at a a higher level above, there's obviously some coordination between signaling uh, and management of when client sessions start to begin to arrive on either the Wi-Fi side of of this topology or the LTE side of this topology. What we need to do is, particularly for the roaming use case, We need to build a path from the LTE network back into the the Wi-Fi network service and so we do that through uh, our virtual wireless access gateway it's a software network function Um, and that works in conjunction with the operator uh, on the LTE side and so then in addition to that there are aspects around how service discovery and client location is is handled and so there are some standards around those elements that that help our mobile devices for example know when there is an appropriate hotspot nearby and help them in choosing the most appropriate actual physical access point to select when finding the best hotspot to use in partnership with the lte service that they also subscribe to
0: so what you've described in terms of the field personnel indicates that it can be sort of an attach and forget situation. That's a benefit in terms of deployment velocity. Are there any other benefits when we're talking about this kind of orchestration of service provisioning?
1: Well, absolutely. And and I think that to look at this from a completely different perspective, uh, you know, traditionally uh, many many operators have had to approach this conversation from one of uh, multiple disjoint systems that are being essentially pushed or forced together by sheer will of, of network engineering uh, headcount in various operation groups both in the LTE network uh, as well as in the cable MSO network what we're trying to achieve here is really let's just instead of having personnel tied up thinking about how to create tunnels what what tunnel resources are available uh, you know what's the network Network path to configure, having multiple swivel chair approaches to multiple different command lines. We've basically delayered all of that, simplified it, and said, look, there are software functions that take care of terminating these various network paths. What you're really concerned with, you know, Mr. Operator, is the service that you're offering. And so, when we look at the Incognito approach to the wireless solution, we're really focused on defining hotspot services and deploying those into service group regions. That's exactly what the steps are to, to begin to deploy hotspot services. It's defining a service group, associating access points in that group, and then turning hotspot services on. There's, there's no need then to be concerned about configuring of devices, figuring out you know, where do the tunnels go, any details on, on specifics of the network. We abstract all of that and make it simple so that really the operator can be focused on their business, which is wireless service, rather than their network.
0: Another use case might be the idea of community Wi-Fi, piggybacking on some of those existing investments.
1: So this is an exciting one when you think about it. Again, imagine you're the cable operator in, in this scenario. And so not only have you entered into this B2B relationship with a mobile carrier, but you have this incredible deployed base of fully managed Doxis gateways that have embedded Wi-Fi services today in, in all of these residential locations. And so the opportunity to add a community Wi-Fi hotspot, one that either directs branding uh, based on, on your operator name or or serves for field technician purposes or, or other multiple uses that could exist, the reality is all of the residential cable modem services that are in the same proximity as the small cell deployment that's in partnership with LTE can actually be brought into that that LTE handover mix. We can be doing LTE seamless roaming into the existing Wi-Fi assets that are deployed into the residential uh, home itself. The ability to map a a new managed secondary or tertiary SSID, as it were, another Wi-Fi service from the residential device, but separate it uniquely and logically from any of the traffic or any of the devices that that the residential consumer May have, and so that it's accurately reported, it's fully secured, and it's and it's isolated just for community Wi-Fi, but also is made to be able to tie in to the strand-based investments that that may also exist uh, either just for Wi-Fi or for a full Wi-Fi with small cell architecture involving LTE. So it really does come together under under one solution.
0: Is there anything else we can expect when we're talking about the future of Wi-Fi or the future of cable Wi-Fi?
1: I think it's it's all about bandwidth. Um, we just keep getting faster and faster. The the DOCSIS standards uh, give us tremendous room to grow already today. You know speeds that are possible beyond one gig, five gig. There's a there's a horizon for 10 gigabit DOCSIS. So these are all incredible opportunities to reuse, continue to reuse the existing cable operator coaxial strand investments. But there's also, again, we mentioned earlier, that the hybrid fiber Coax network is a fiber and coax network. So, even deploying uh, some of these investments with fiber based backhaul is entirely possible. Um, And so, I think that it's all about speed and it's all about continuing to segment down the service group size in the network on the LTE and, and Wi Fi side of the conversation. Very similar to how. MSO operators today have been uh, segmenting down service groups into smaller and smaller numbers of, of homes passed in order to increase efficiency, to lower uh, aggregate noise per number of subscribers in a group, and establishing very, very high speeds for all subscribers that are in that service group. That service group ratio uh, to subscriber continues to to shrink down. And and with these managed strand-based investments, the exact same business approach is possible for both Y and LTE, and so we can create highly dense infill opportunities in LTE, uh, in Wi-Fi, and and do so reusing all of our DOCSIS assets.
0: Exciting times ahead. Well, thank you so much for joining us,
1: Chris. Thanks again, Margaret.
0: We'll be back with more episodes of IncoPod soon. Don't forget to check out other episodes, including part one and part two in this series, available now on SoundCloud and iTunes. And discover more about telecommunications service enablement, Wi-Fi, virtualization, device provisioning, and other solutions at www.incognito.com.